Good morning. I'm Darrell Gunter, your host for Leadership on WSOU 89.5 FM, and we're also streaming on the web at WSOU.net. I am pleased to have back in the studio with me today our guest from last week, Jill Johnson, who is the COO for the Institute for Entrepreneurial Leadership, better known as IFL, and our guest today. Welcome back, Jill. How are you doing? I'm doing great, and thanks for having me here again. I really enjoyed our conversation last week, and I have many more questions that I'd like to explore this great. week with you. Um, you know, we were talking about your business program. It consists of four tracks. Uh, tell us a little bit about each track and their respective target market that mm-hmm. you that you target them to. Well, you know, I'm actually going to we're, we're revamping some of the elements of these uh, programs. So I'm going to talk about them as a whole. Um, you know, I mentioned last week that we have gotten away from doing workshops and and all of those types of, of things and referring people to our, our strategic partners who do those things and do them very well. So the focus of of all of our programs, uh, it's it's multifold that we want people to come together as a group, uh, to be able to know other entrepreneurs and to form essentially advisory type groups with other entrepreneurs so that they can talk to each other, they can have a sounding board, um, and um, really have a, a forum really just to interact and network with each other. Um, and, and people at a similar stage. It's very frustrating for someone who is at one stage of business to be talking to someone who is just getting started and trying to figure out how to incorporate and things like that. So we try to have people that are at similar stages in their business life cycle. Uh, the other component that we feel is, is just critical is the one-on-one support. So a huge part of our effort is on uh, one-on-one support. And so the different packages that we have, uh, and let me add one other element to that, is also uh, doing an initial action plan or strategic plan of some sort so that people have a direction. They're not just out there floating and just doing. They're actually doing with a purpose. And so all of the different programs that we have will have some element of each of those things, but they are at different price points and with different levels of intensity, recognizing that every entrepreneur is not the same and they're not each at the same stage in their business development life cycle. cycle. And so it, all of the programs are designed to address the specific needs of entrepreneurs at a, spe- at a specific stage. So your leadership program that has the five tracks, which is executive coaching, business advisory, consulting, you're still doing that, correct? Yeah, and those mm-hmm. are really our a la carte type services mm-hmm. where, again, if someone says, you know what, I don't want to get all of this stuff and I don't want a, a package that includes uh, the the group meetings and the um, one-on-one sessions, et cetera, and they say, you know, I just need help with one specific thing. So for instance, I did a project recently for a uh, chiropractor who was having some issues with the organization. The the business itself was growing very fast. Um, They needed to address some organizational challenges. And so we went in and did a project specifically on that to look at what the challenges are, to look at what the needs are, and to make some recommendations for changes that they should make uh, within their organization. What are some of the, the challenges that you see in the leadership style of some of your clients that you feel that um, is one of the immediate things that you need to address when you start to talk to them about their business and their business plans? Mm-hmm. You know, I really think that a big part of it is um, coming to grips and fully understanding that the the 
the business and everything about it is up to you. Uh, and that your leadership style has to reflect the fact that you are the bottom line. Um, you know, my kids do lots of sports, so I uh, use sports analogies a lot. Um, but when a, a team is not doing well, what do you always hear? They fire the coach. And even you say, oh, the quarterback didn't uh, have any completions that game or, you know, someone struck out every time they got up to bat. Well, it was up to the coach to make sure that the, that the players had either more practice, to make sure that they had fewer distractions. If the player wasn't uh, performing, then it's up to the coach to, make, to suggest that there should be a change, then the person's not playing as much or something. So again, even though you may not be directly responsible, it's still your responsibility to make sure that you have the things in place that are necessary to be successful. And so I think that entrepreneurs have to recognize that they really are the bottom line. The buck stops with them. And uh, how do you get them to really recognize that um, they really are the backbone of the business in regards to the people that they hire, the people that they train? Do they do you think they take it seriously in regards to when someone joins their business that they need to provide them the right type of training about their policies, administrative mm-hmm. stuff, and whatnot? Well, they have to, and that's the thing that, that uh, we often point to as um, the, um, a key determinant to this, of the success of the business. That You can be successful just selling some things, but if you're really going to grow the organization and take the business to the next level, it requires building a team. And many entrepreneurs, when they start a business, they may not have been someone who managed a lot of people before. So again, that could all be very new territory. And it is something um, in which they need training, they need support, they need guidance, they need advice. They're not going to get it right all the time from the beginning. In fact, many of them don't get it right. Where can they turn to to... Uh, get this type of training when they, let's say, if you have a small business, you it's you and, and it's, let's say, it's a husband and a wife, and then they, they hire a, a clerk, um, and then the business starts to grow. Um, how can they find the time and the, and, and the resources to put this training in, in place? Well, certainly from organizations like the Institute for Entrepreneurial Leadership, that is something that we help entrepreneurs to recognize. There are also, again, many other organizations when many other organizations that have the experts who can see it from the outside. Again, sometimes you just can't see it because you're so close to it. And that's, again, even where these peer group advisory uh, type uh, sessions can provide a, a good basis to even start identifying those challenges that, that a business owner might be having. Um, I think there's also a lot out there, you know, there's so many books on leadership and organizational and uh, management and all those things. There's a lot of information out there. So, you know, I suggest that people educate themselves by reading, um, looking at examples of well-run companies, uh, reading the various magazines that always talk about, again, what were the successes or failures in various companies. The information is out there. It is really about, though, your willingness to apply it and to put in the effort up front. Many entrepreneurs, when they get started, will hire someone, and they just want to get someone hired to offload some responsibilities that they're currently uh, doing. 
And so instead of taking the time to really think about what they need, why they need that person, the expectations, and writing those things down and creating a system, they rush and hire, and it ends up not being the right person because they didn't put enough thought in to the beginning part of the process. Again, you mentioned training. Um, a lot easier to try to just train someone as you go along, or so you think, than to invest the time and take time away from your busy schedule to train them properly. And these are some of the things that the entrepreneurs need to think about. How do you create systems and processes right from the very beginning? I tell people often, put those policy manuals in place before you even have your first employee. Put all the procedures in place before you have anyone so that once you bring someone in, there is something already in place and you're not then trying to scramble. You know, strategy is often a word that you hear amongst Fortune 500 companies, but strategy is probably more important for the small businesses. Oh, it is because quite often you don't have the luxury of making expensive mistakes. And by not having a game plan, by... Um, and by, by implementing without having a strategy, you know, I always say, well, what are you implementing? What, what's the end game here? Why, why are you even doing this? So the strategy really needs to come before implementing things. Um, that's how your, your efforts can be most efficient. Again, we go back to what I talked about last week, you know, my need for efficiency. Um, I think it's very inefficient to just start doing without a, a plan in place. It's like getting in the car and say, well, I'm going to go to California. I'm just going to drive. But I don't have a map. I'm just going to drive. Yeah. And you know what? Sometimes uh, that can be okay if you have no place to go in particular and you have money in your pocket to get the gas that you need and, you know, you can just kind of expend resources and wander. But that's not really the way to run a business. And if you ask most people the end game, they have something specific in mind. And if that is, in fact, the case, then they need to develop a plan to get them there. And when you think about uh, strategy and a business plan, how, how, how many pages should a business plan be? Or is there, is there an exact science to it, in your opinion? Well, it's funny, and, and there is not a science. Um, I just did a webinar last night, actually, on uh, Write a Winning Executive Summary. And, uh, by the way, that will be on our website as well, so people will be able to, to go to that, which is uh, org. Um, I wrote business plans for uh, several years during the dot-com era and got the experience just kind of firsthand doing because a friend asked me for help with something that she was doing. And I have written business plans that are, you know, 40 pages, 50 pages, way too much. No one reads all of that, especially for the majority of uh, business owners that are looking for a $15,000 loan or, you know, even a couple hundred thousand dollars. The key is to make sure that someone reads the plan. I prefer uh, plans that are 15 pages or less, and that includes the financials and things like that. For our business plan competition, in fact, we have a 15-page maximum on the plan. What happens when people go over that is typically when you then read it, it's a lot of fluff and things that are basically irrelevant to someone making a decision about investing or, or in some other way getting involved in the business. So 15 pages forces you to get to the point, say what you have to say, eliminate any of the fluff, and you know really get to the meat there. Um, 
Uh, can I give a couple of points on Please, business absolutely, plan stuff? Absolutely. Just you know, while we're while while on, that we're on that topic, absolutely. Uh, last night, the the executive summary that I talked about, uh, you know, I'll just share that the format that I suggest is a table type of a format, one page, one page. That's it. You know, you get to the point, and from that, someone can. The the goal is for someone to say. Oh, you know, I'd like to know more. Do you have a full business plan? Can we do a meeting? Do you have a presentation? It's not to try to give them every single detail. I will never forget I had a, a client who, uh, you know, we were first working on the executive summary. And by the way, I do my executive summaries first and then proceed to write the rest of the business plan, which, you know, is goes against the grain of what most of the traditional books will say. But I really find that much easier. It gets the juices flowing. You're taking a top-down approach. You can kind of get the big picture and, and, and uh, capture that first and then proceed to think about all the detail and put that in the rest of the plan. So that's why I do that. Um, but we were working on the executive summary, and somehow everything ended up being important. So this business, so the executive summary, I want to say, uh, was, you know, eight pages. I said, this is not an executive. Oh, but all this is important. I said, well, you know what? You're the client, but I'm just suggesting to you that this is not summary in nature. You're really telling too much. Um, And again, many entrepreneurs are afraid, oh, if I don't tell all this detail, then how will they make it? Again, the goal is not to sell them. Um, Well, you know, as a salesperson, the first time you talk to someone, you're not always trying to, you're generally not trying to sell them. You're trying to get them interested to build a relationship and really that's how you want to use the executive summary too and I tell people that the you know we hear so much about the elevator pitch and it should be short your executive summary is the same way I say it's really your elevator pitch in writing Um, with the business plan itself again get to the point I suggest to people that you even start with an outline and you do bullet points I always say that it's just like when you learned how to write a research paper. Uh, you know, in elementary school, the teacher says, start with an outline. You know, you do the, your Roman numerals and your ABCs, and, you know, you do this very detailed uh, outline and put in bullet points. Again, just get the juices flowing and then go back and try to write, and that's been successful for me. Have you ever seen the mind maps? I have seen those, yeah. Yes. I, I use yes. a mind map where you got the circle in the middle, which, which is the circle in the middle, which is the, the, the key idea mm-hmm. concept. And then there's eight, eight um, subject lines and then uh, eight subject lines of each one. And, and I learned that from my sister. And I find out when I do that, I get all of those thoughts that are in my head on paper. And then I refine it. And then I'll because it's all on one page. And I'll look at it and say, exactly. okay, what's there? What's missing? Well, so, it helps, it helps you mm-hmm. to get through the writer's block. Most people are so concerned with the writing and this doesn't sound right versus get it on paper. Because I tell you, even if you gave someone, um, you know, a document that was all bullet points, if it's well organized and it tells a story, which is another big point, the business plan needs to read like a story, not like just a bunch of words on a page. So if these bullet points can tell the story, you can get away with not really writing anything. And tell us about the competition. Um, how many judges are involved? How does what is the process? Um, it's interesting, and we have tweaked it every year that we've done it to make it better and and more efficient and um, more engaging for the participants. Um, we typically have a group of you know probably anywhere from 
five to seven or eight judges, and I don't re- do any of the judging at all myself. Oh, okay. um, I have a group, because I've, I'm so involved with the people through the process and providing the support for them, uh, I don't really feel it's fair to do any judging. So I have a, a great guy, uh, Vincent Blazowitz, who's a, a financial planner. Um, he has been handling the judging uh, for the, I guess, last year or two. And really, um, you know, it's all outside people that have their own areas of expertise, but really know how to look at a business plan and the numbers and all of that and understand what we're all about. And um, so they do all the, all the judging. The way that we're operating the process this year is that until people have until December 21st to enter their one-page executive summary. Again, it's one page. That's it. One page. You have until then to enter your executive summary, and that will give people access to some free technical assistance, as well as the opportunity, if they'd like, to get one-on-one feedback on that. So someone would read it and actually talk with them and give them feedback on that one-page executive summary. That is an optional step. People have until February, and I, you know, I would say take a look at our website, but it's it's mm-hmm. mid-February to enter their full business plan. So there's still plenty of time. 15 pages, though. (laughs) Maximum 15 pages. So there's plenty of time for people to do that. But we feel like helping them to first do the executive summary and getting them to move past that stage um, will, again, help them to get the juices flowing and um, will will help them to feel more encouraged to write the rest of the business plan. The other point I just want to make there is that once you have an executive summary, you can actually go out and start talking to people and using that when they say, do you have a business plan? You can say, well, I have my executive summary and we're working on the full business plan. And once you get a few people asking for that business plan after they've read the executive summary, that provides additional motivation to go ahead and get that plan done. It's a very good point. It's a very good point. It sounds like a very exciting competition. It and is. Um, it's it's great. Uh, this year we expect a, a good number of entries. Um you know, and the businesses are really all over the map. So there's there's no um, type of, of business that we get more of than than any other. Um, it's open um, to New Jersey-based businesses that are woman, minority-owned, or located in an urban enterprise zone. And the winners get a um, prize package that, uh, for two years, it has included round-trip airline tickets from Continental, which has been great. Uh, Hopefully, they'll do that again. (laughs) And uh, also has included um, various services from different providers. Again, the whole package is designed to help them get to the next level. Very nice. Very nice. Tell us about your leadership style. How would you... um, How would you uh, classify your leadership style? Oh, it's interesting because that's been, it has evolved over time. Um, You know, it's funny you mention previously my direct nature. And I've not always been direct. And sometimes it actually, that is is a challenge for me um, to just say it the way that it is because I don't like to hurt people's feelings but one thing I've learned is that often by not being honest and you can be diplomatic and honest at the same time but by not being honest with people um, it generally is hurting them more than helping them and um, I'm also a person who likes things done in a certain way I'm very particular if it's supposed to go over here it should not go over there Um, so I like things in a very certain in a way 
and I have always been a person who um, really values things done right and done well and you know is as perfect as as close to perfect as I can make it what the result of that has been in the past that I did a lot of things myself because I really didn't trust anyone else to do it and I think that that's one thing that entrepreneurs have to look at you know when you feel like you're so overburdened is it because you're doing everything because you feel that you're the smartest one that no one else can do it the way that you do it and one of the things that I had to learn was one you know there is a point at which you have diminishing returns in working on something to make it perfect so did it matter that you got the border exactly right and it looks so fabulous because you added you know a multi-layered kind of a border um, or that you got it in in a timely fashion so that the reader was able to review it and give you the feedback on it um, or, you know, we've had this issue in the past of getting our marketing materials out for an event late because, again, I was trying to make the very, you know, perfect flyer. And um, you have to really decide what's important and what is the goal for that thing that you're doing. And, again, when is it good enough? And it pains me to say something like that because, to me, unless it's perfect, it's never good enough. So that pains me. But that is what you have to do, again, when you have limited um, resources to to get things done so I've had to learn also that um, while I can think that my way is the right way and the best way and the only way other people are going to do things a little differently and you have to decide when it just doesn't matter that it's different you're getting to the same end and and that's really a key thing and I think that a lot of people suffer from that same challenge Excellent, excellent. Let's talk about your program, Taking Care of Business, on the NorthStarNews.com mm -hmm. site. Um, how did that come about, and what topics do you explore there? Uh, it came about because they were looking for someone to do a show like that. They had to do something with money or economics or something. And a uh, very close friend of mine who's also one of our board members, Ed Young, who is himself a serial entrepreneur, one of the uh, founders of The Source magazine, um, and some, some other companies, Blackbird as well, um, he put us together. And um, he, he's doing some work with them and put us together and said, I know someone who would be, you know, great to do a show like that. And he called me up and I said, okay, I don't know if I'm great to do a show like that, but sounds interesting. I'll give it a try. And um, we've been doing, I've been doing that particular show for may maybe about a year, a little a over year? a year. Yes, yeah. Yes, yes. yeah. Walter Fields is a good friend of mine. And, uh, yes. So, so I started watching and, and reading the, the, the program on a mm -hmm. weekly basis. Well, they've been they've been working on North Star for some time. They mm -hmm. had started it and then did a relaunch. Um, Walter actually used to also do some writing for City News. So I've known Walter for quite some time. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, excellent. well, the show focuses um, really on entrepreneurs and the resources um, that they need to get to the next level. And really what I do is I talk to entrepreneurs mostly about how they did what they did example you know it's again those examples of success and oftentimes people will view one of the segments and say oh that's how they did that oh well I'm going through the same thing so what I'm experiencing what I'm experiencing is not unique it's not I'm not the only one and I feel that's what it's important for people to see is that most of the challenges that you're having 
other people have the same challenges, the difference in the outcome will be in how you choose to handle those challenges. The recipe. Mm-hmm, <laughs> the mm-hmm. recipe for success. Exactly. And uh, what's next on the horizon for you? Um, let me see. You got the uh, Eiffel. You have the uh, program on North Star News. And, and now I just learned that you're the co-chair of Main Street South Orange. Tell us about that experience and uh, what is your objective there? Well, it's the, it's the co-chair of the Main Street Economic Development Committee. Yes. And it's really to support more businesses being uh, locating in South Orange and to create uh, more vibrancy in, uh, in the village center, uh, and as well as to support the businesses that are already there. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, to me, again, that's part of just being involved in the community. I live here. I want to support it. I want to see it be better. And back to that better thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't want to see it better than it already is. And that will also support the tax challenges that we have here in South Orange. Um, but it, it draws on my core expertise. So uh, to me, it, it's a great fit. Uh, what's next for um, Eiffel is we have a number of clients that are doing really wonderful things. Uh, a company called Garden State Urban Farms is doing urban farming. Um, we have a taste of Ruby's who makes the most amazing cheesecakes. Um, you know, she's really ready to be propelled to the next level. Um, now, you had mentioned that mm-hmm. um, you may be able to, there's going to be at the, the new governor's inauguration, he's going to have a taste of New Jersey. A taste of New Jersey, which is a, a fabulous, fabulous concept, and I think a great way for food entrepreneurs to uh, get some visibility. And we're hoping that she might be able to be one of those vendors. I mean, her cheesecakes are just phenomenal, and she does tastings all over. You know over. what? I am tired of juniors from, from Brooklyn. <laughs> we need to have a New Jersey cheesecake. That's, that's right. That's right. And, you know, a taste of rubies does just that. Um, we also, you know, something that's exciting is we have um, the first winner of our business plan competition, Valerie Mason Robinson, has a store called uh, Eden Organics, and it's natural and organic beauty products, but also a spa that's completely green. She's located in Highland Park, New Jersey. Um, you know, wonderful concept. Again, you know, that's the type of thing that we'd like to see even in replicated in Newark because, you know, there isn't something that is that similar. And so a lot of the businesses that I mentioned to you um, have the ability to expand and to grow and to be larger businesses that are employing, uh, you know, several people. And so that's really what's next for Eiffel is helping some of these clients to go to that next level. So how do you unwind? I mean, husband, unwind. four, four active boys, all, <laughs> all these programs, all these committees. How do you unwind? How do I unwind? Wow. You know, that is probably an area uh, in which I need coaching and, <laughs> and, and support. Um, there are times when I, to be honest, um, will do nothing and um, watch TV, which I was coached on this, that for many people she would say, you know, uh, eliminate TV to pick up more time. And she said, Jill, you need something that is completely mindless that you're not multitasking and doing something else. So she said, I want you to pick, you know, one show that at least one day a week you will watch and don't fold clothes or don't get on the computer corresponding with the client. Don't do anything, just unwind. Um, I do like to get together with friends. I often 
uh, frequent um, the restaurants in Newark. Uh, some who are my my clients. I, I'm in Brick City Coffee Company all the time. You know, in fact, it's like a, a second office for me. Um, you know, and so and and also when I'm in the car, I like to sometimes not have on any music and not do anything and just think. Any sporting activities? Uh, you've done some track in, in high school and college. Uh, any tennis or anything like that? I like that? to play a little tennis, but um, right now I'm content to be a football and lacrosse and baseball mom, and I get a lot of activity running around after the kids. I can only imagine the garage probably looks like a major locker room of all these different uh, sports items. <laughs> well, again, back to the organization, I have bins that have the balls and pegs for the lacrosse sticks and things like that. So, you know, part of the, the, the key to my sanity is actually being organized so that it's not constantly, um, you know, this feeling of being diso- uh, disorganized and overwhelmed. Well, Jill, I want to thank you again for taking this time to share with us your thoughts and insights on leadership and how your organization, Eiffel, is helping out new entrepreneurs become new leaders in our community. I want to thank you. Well, thank you so much for having me, and I hope to come back again. Absolutely. This is Darrell Gunter, your host of Leadership on WSOU 89.5 FM at Seton Hall University, and we're also streaming on the web at WSOU.net. Remember, leadership begins with you. Have a great day.